listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is your 10-minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us as always, our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. Tonight, we're going to the village of Lockbourne in southern Franklin County. It's just 10 miles south of the state capital of Columbus, yet has retained its rural feel of farmland, some historic buildings, and the remnants of a lock from when the Ohio and Erie Canal came through. Even today, the community touts itself as a relic of older, simpler times. A slice of small-town America where residents still sit on their porches, know their neighbors, and watch out for each other. And in 1981, everybody knew Robin Durer. All five foot one, 170 pounds of her, with her brown hair, brown eyes, and an ever-present smile. Robin was born October the 23rd, 1961, into a family that was fond of the letter R. Her parents were Ronald and Rachel. Her older sister was Rhonda. Her younger brother was Ronald. They even lived on Reese Road on three acres that butted up against some railroad property. In 1981, Robin was a 19-year-old special education student at Hamilton Township High School. She loved getting around town on her yellow and brown huffy 10-speed bike. Neighbors said if they were outside when she rode by, they knew they'd better have plenty of time to talk. She loved to stop for random visits and shoot the breeze. She'd use any excuse to be outdoors, even sneaking out of the house at night to dig for earthworms, then sell them to local fishermen for spending money. On September 9, Robin took her bike out for a spin. Her destination, the B&C Market, a small grocer on Rathmull Road. that was about a mile away in the village of Reese. Her parents didn't know that. She was supposed to be home babysitting, since her mom was at a tax preparation class and her dad had gone to the Roar Road Baptist Church. But Robin left her open school books scattered across the living room floor, asked her next-door neighbor to watch after her five-year-old brother, and took off. Robin made it to the store. The clerk said she was there about 7.30 p.m. and bought a pop and a candy bar. Someone else would later report seeing her ride her bike back down Rathmull Road, near the railroad trestle. It was about 7.40 p.m. She didn't make it home. When her parents returned at 9 p.m., Robin was nowhere to be found. Now, it's true that Robin had once threatened to run away. She'd gotten mad at her mom, threw some clothes in a bag, and stormed out of the house. She made it as far as the big boulder in the front yard, where she sat down and contemplated her plans. She was all of eight years old. But that was Robin, strong-willed, independent, sometimes defiant. This night, however, this scenario, it made no sense. Ronald Durr spent a couple of hours looking for Robin, but when she hadn't turned up by 11 p.m., He wasted no more time. He called the Franklin County Sheriff and filed a missing persons report. On Thursday, the search continued. It was around 8 p.m. 
when a father's worst nightmare came true. He was looking for her in a heavily wooded area along the CNO Railroad, off Rathmore Road. It was the length of about three football fields from the family home. He found Robin, lying in the weeds. Her body was clad in only a blouse and socks. Her slacks and underwear were lying 20 feet away. The scene told the story of a fierce struggle. The coroner would determine Robin had been sexually assaulted, then beaten to death. She died from blunt force trauma to the head and neck. No murder weapon was found, but authorities always thought it likely that a heavy tree limb was used. Her bike was found nearby, propped up against a tree. The next day, 43-year-old Ronald Durer talked about his daughter to reporters from the Columbus Dispatch. He sat slumped in a lawn chair and spoke in a monotone voice, thick with grief. He wore the clothes he worked in as an operator at the Columbus Water Treatment Plant on Dublin Road. Ronald said he was certain his daughter's friendly and trusting nature had been her undoing. She wasn't no stranger around here. Everybody knew her, he told reporters. She was a good Christian girl, went to church every Sunday. She was a great talker and loved the old people. It didn't matter if they were crippled or ugly, he said. She'd take them by the hand and tell them she loved them. The Reverend Dennis Wolfeet, pastor of the Roar Road Baptist Church, where the Durers were members, echoed that same opinion. He remarked on how Robin loved to care for the children in the church nursery on Sundays. She was so good with them. The Franklin County Sheriff Detective noted that the area where Robin was found was frequently used for drug transactions. In the past, it had also been a place where stolen items in vehicles were recovered. Ronald Durer said the family had always been protective of Robin because of her disabilities. We always kept a close watch on her, he said. We were afraid someone might try and take advantage. For that reason, she knew she was always to keep her bike on the road. She knew not to enter those woods. Someone must have lured her, Ronald said. I'm sure she didn't go in there on her own. The family and detectives agreed Robin probably knew her attacker. In a 2010 interview with a dispatch, family and detectives tossed out theories about what might have happened. Robin had started sneaking a smoke once in a while. Maybe someone had offered her a cigarette. Or maybe someone got her to the woods by pretending that a wounded cat or dog needed help. Or maybe she was flattered by a boy. Robin's funeral was held September the 14th, four days after her body had been found. She was buried in Jersey Cemetery in neighboring Licking County. As the family tried to get through the holiday season, they remembered Robin with a poem they wrote, published by the local newspaper on December the 25th. Deep in my heart you will always stay, loved and remembered this Christmas day, it began. Years later, Robin's mom told a dispatch reporter the fact that the killer hadn't been caught still affected their daily lives. Whenever she heard a creak in her country home, she would start, wondering if Robin was walking through the door.
And when someone did walk through the door, they were a suspect. Rachel said she couldn't help but look at all of their friends and neighbors differently. You catch yourself looking at people and wondering if they're the one who did it, she said. She lived in fear that Robin's killer would come for them. And she was haunted by the idea of her daughter fighting for her life. I wonder if she went out wondering if I loved her, Rachel said. I did. Detectives said there is DNA evidence in this case. They tested it against an older married man who made deliveries for the market that Robin had went to, someone Robin may have had a crush on. He denied involvement, and a DNA test cleared him. They also checked out a neighborhood homeless man and a couple of teen boys who had made a bit of a ruckus in the store that night. Robin's dad also had to be cleared. More than 40 years later, detectives are still searching for Robin's killer. That's it for tonight, listeners. For photos, news clippings, and more on this and every episode, hop on over to our website, ohiomysteries.com. We are also a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts, the Evergreen Podcasts Network. For more information or to check out other shows on this network, please visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Also, check out our new YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Ohio Mysteries. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains, will discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.